Happy Monday, Parish Orphans and Retrogrades. Today, I come to you with a show about the open letter to Bishop Athanasius Schneider that's been penned by a number of, looks like Italian scholars, and the, the letter itself is up on LifeSite News. This is an interesting concept because the letter invokes an appeal for a new pro-life movement. Now, I'm going to go through the particulars of this thing in, in some detail, not, not tons, but it grabbed my attention for two reasons. The first reason is that I made a similar call for renewal of the pro-life movement, calling it the anti-abortion movement back in January of this year. I think I specifically made that appeal for an anti-abortion movement, a rededicated, renewed sort of commitment to zeal, passion, and maybe a, a little more ideological purity in the pro-life movement after they canceled their march for the first time in decades, maybe four, four decades. So I, I like the concomitance between this open letter written to Bishop Athanasius Schneider and, and, and what I'm calling for. The second reason that this particular open letter grabbed my opinion and my, my attention was because we have talked in the past five days a great deal about the Vatican conference in less than three weeks just recently, <laughs> just recently released and published the conference, the summit on, we're not exactly sure what, wellness and Chelsea Clinton and other globalists have been invited, one-worlder types. And when I looked into the funding for that summit, some after the, the show that I did, which was like four or five days ago here on Rules for Retrogrades, what I found was funder after funder of the summit in, in the, the Vatican webpage was stem cell research groups. And this is trouble. This is certain trouble. So uh, notwithstanding that there are differences of emphases between myself and the people that pen this letter to Archbishop Schneider or myself and LifeSite, I think, I think it's a good thing. I think it's an important thing for us to rededicate ourselves to a more zealous, more ideologically pure anti-abortion movement. That's, that's what I would really like to contribute to it. Let's not call it pro-life. Let's call it an anti-abortion movement, a kind of abolitionism. We'll get into some of the particulars in a second. First, I want to give myself a plug here. If you go to timothyjgordon.com and click enroll, you will note that classes are now open for the April 15th open date of two new classes, exciting ones on timothyjgordon.com. Church history is the first, and the second is Rules for Retrogrades. The church history class is awesome. It's the second time we've run it. People flock to it, and it's all about Euro history as directed by the Roman Catholic Church. You're not going to get it anywhere else, certainly not a secular history, uh, history class, and you're also not going to get it in a typical normie Catholic school. It is politically incorrect European history, 
And it's phenomenal stuff. And it helps one to navigate these strange times in the largest crisis in the history of the church. The Rules for Retrogrades course is the first time being run. And we've already had one class of each, just an introduction. You can still jump in. The, the latter class was a lot of fun. We're just going to go through the 40 rules for retrogrades in my book. So go to timothyjgordon.com and click enroll. You only miss the intro lecture, more or less, and there's still plenty of time. It's Thursday night course, the both of them. And just jump in sometime between now and next Thursday for the second course. Also go to realestateforlife.org if you're looking to move states. And if you look in a blue state, if you live in a blue state, you ought to be looking to move to a red state. Like what I did, California to Mississippi. I wish I had had access to real estate for life when I made this move. It would have saved me a lot of hassle. Go there and a good, probably a Catholic, definitely a Christian will help you find a new home in a better, new, redder state. A better, redder state. Realestateforlife.org. Okay, so... Up this morning on LifeSite is this open letter to Bishop Athanasius Schneider on his appeal for a new pro-life movement, a society that not only tolerates, but even goes so far as to consider the systematic and habitual use of cell lines derived from the murder of innocent prenatal age human persons for the most diverse purposes as normal appears to have lost both reason and justice as well as the capacity for ethical judgment. Now, the, the Roman Catholic Dicastri and the Curia, the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, has ruled that, and as a technical matter, this is way above most people's pay grade, most, Catholic, most even knowledgeable Catholics' pay grades, that in terms of what we're calling the Maxine, related to the beer bug, Technically, the Maxine is licit. So that's not what I'm talking about here. You know, LifeSite might, might be sort of, you know, it glancing blows talking about that. That's not what I'm talking about. I am talking about what's really salutary in this letter is their broad sweeping approach to we need a renewed pro-life movement. And they're, they're at the heart of it, LifeSite News. It should be an anti-abortion movement. There are other life issues, sure, but that way lends itself to seamless garment type thinking. You know, all issues are life issues. No, it's really an abortion issue. We are really the abortion abolitionist group and we need to focus on it. So we need to be 100% committed to, you know, the, 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 Soon, the near-futured criminalization of abortion, the protection of innocent fetuses, the, the most innocent. Yes, the elderly require protection too, but the most innocent in the womb have no voice and we need to give it to them. And I, I, I like that about this article. Now, the stem cell lines really concerned me four or three days ago when I did my sort of subsequent research to the show I did on the Vatican summit coming up in two and a half weeks where they invited all manner of globalist, communist, pro-abort leftists, secular humanists who hate the church like Chelsea Clinton, Deepak Chopra, new age types, commie types. 
boy, that research I wish I'd had for the show. And that's why I'm, I'm kind of producing some of it here. A lot of the funding was from stem cell groups. And so this does prove problematic for a Catholic, even if it, you know, in terms of the vaccine, doesn't rise to the level of um, putting one in breach of whatever proximate material cooperation or, or formal cooperation with grave matter. That's not what I'm talking about. That's the, the, the basement. That's the floor level. What we must meet as Catholics is do not uh, contravene what the CDF tells us about some specific new danger, right? In this case, the Maxine. And the CDF says, technically speaking, it's okay, fine. That's like the CDF, uh, you know, the, the Roman Catholic Church has always taught there is a Sunday obligation to go to Mass. That doesn't mean necessarily that we only go to Mass on Sundays, right? That's the floor, not the ceiling. It's the low standard, not the high standard. So as long as we acknowledge, okay, the CDF isn't teaching error in this, I think the open letter to Schneider is helpful in terms of renewing our vigors, renewing our spirits, that, that we can do better. Now, it there is a part in the letter where it, it makes it sound as if, you know, we shouldn't do business. We're not allowed to do business or we shouldn't do business. That's it meaningful distinction with any sort of corporation, pharma, even food that in any way supports abortion. Well, that, that, that's, that's a really high standard for me. That's, that's too high a standard. I mean, literally, I don't, I don't know my, the electricity in this room might be supplied by general electric. You, you've heard left leftists say general electric supplied weapons to the, you know, Sandinistas in what the 70s, that gets too attenuated for any human being in the age of technology to keep track of. So I'm not saying I'll never ever drink a Coke or a Pepsi product again, a soft drink, because pretty much all the soft drink companies support abortion and all of this wicked stuff. But at the, at the lower levels of attenuation, at some level, everyone's got their own smell test. So I think Oliver Wendell Holmes said the, the court at some level applies a smell test. We don't want courts doing that, but all human beings do that. We call it as Catholics prudence. At what level will I accept some connection to some wicked company? Most of the companies now, guys, are Fortune 500 companies that have gone woke. And that's a euphemism, isn't it? What a euphemism for evil counter-Catholic, false church, Neronian, uh, Herodian in the sense of Herod, you know, in, infanticidal, globalist, communist. The, all of these terms apply in some sense to many of the Fortune 500 companies. So there will be different levels of connection that we all have. And as long as we say, well, we accept what the CDF teaches, but it's still salutary to say, as LifeSite said in this letter, we, we really ought to muscle up the pro-life movement. I suggest call, call it the anti-abortion movement and rededicate ourselves to the principles of, of really, really not cooperating with any of these people because they are evil. They are evil. And to the extent that we can, I'm not just talking about 
Maxines. I'm talking about the kind of general approach that these Italian scholars chose by which to address, you know, Bishop Schneider. I, I, I found it quite salutary. And it, it, the letter also addresses um, Bishop Schneider's February 19th, 2021 letter called Unmasking the Beer Bug, Maxine's Mandates and Global Health. Letter says with great consolation. Now, I, I, this is this is one of my my uh, less shared concerns. Actually, I, I'm talking about going forward. I'm not just talking about this one issue surrounding the beer bug cure, Maxine, as Patrick Kaufman calls it. I'm talking in general. Is a general new standard. We need to set the sights a little bit higher and say, look, they do this to us. The left does this to Christians. They have reified a new standard by which we may be refused business. We may, may be denied at the door front of a lot of these shops. It might come to, you know, your bank turns you away if you're a Christian or you stand for Christian mores. It, it might come to your actual profession turns you away and says, we can't employ you if you're not on board with the Maxine. And there will be subtler issues besides. These are just the foreseen ones. So they do it to us. We have to start doing it back to them and saying, it, it does no, no good. One of the rules for retrogrades in my book is the unilateral boycott doesn't work. And Christians and conservatives are Huge fans of the unilateral boycott, which doesn't work. By unilateral, I mean, they'll say, oh, well, as for me and my household, we don't watch Netflix. It's like, okay, look, I'll get on board. It's a sacrifice because we all, we all, most people use the streaming service of Netflix. I'll get on board. I'll make that sacrifice if we can actually hit them where it hurts. Same thing with, with the channel from which I am most populously being viewed right now. YT. Hey, we ought to jump to Rumble. As a matter of fact, right now, if you're one of the regular viewers of the show, you're not going to do it if this is the first time you've seen it. But please, take 30 seconds, pause the video, and go, unless you're watching it live, and go sign up, get subscribed to my Rumble channel, okay? But I can't commit to realistically, unilaterally, just jumping off of YT and going to Rumble unless all conservatives do it together. I was calling it the great jump. We should have done this when we set our clocks forward in spring, okay? The unilateral boycott doesn't work. I can't just forswear going off all of these evil corporations. I, I, I do it right now. If we do it as a group, Right? When you're storming, when you're staging a frontal attack and you're storming a mountain, you're going up the face of Guadalcanal like we did in World War II, you need your platoon with you. So everyone go and sign up, subscribe to my channel on Rumble now. And the bigger the group starts getting there, the more the scales start tipping, then we can do this. Group boycotts work and they do it to us all the time. We need to do it back to them. That's, that's what was really healthy 
in this LifeSite article. It was also re-emphasizing the need to, to criminalize abortion. It is murder to criminalize it. This, this shouldn't be a, um, an outrageous claim. And that was salutary. And in general, we just need a new, fine, call it pro-life. I, I really like anti-abortion movement. We need to inject it with some new life, get rid of some of the campy, hokey 70s and early 80s platitudes. And we really need to give it some muscle and some teeth. And, and LifeSite, you know, they've, they've done that. They've by and large done that. As an interesting related article, Alex DeSantis wrote today on the same day at National Review, an article about Margaret Sanger. Just this morning, Planned Parenthood can't disavow Margaret Sanger. The last half century of legalized abortion has deepened the effects of racial inequality in the U.S. and Planned Parenthood profits from that reality. Now, I, I don't always agree with everything Ms. DeSanctis says. I, I, don't, I don't think racial inequality is, um, has been steepened or deepened at all over the last 50 years, except in this one way, right? When people talk about Black lives mattering, well, the Black lives that matter, that are silenced, the only ones that are silenced, they're not institutionally silenced Black voices or Black lives, they're, they're Black lives in the womb. And I think this is what, what uh, Ms. DeSanctis is saying in this article, though she, she doesn't quite make it clear that the last half century of legalized abortion has been a, a precipitous rise in unfairness to little Black babies on, at, at the hands of their, their Black parents, specifically their, their Black mothers. <laughs> so she, she kind of leaves that point off. And she also ignores the fact that over the last half century, you know, segregation was only a little over a, a half century ago. Was it a reality? It's, we've had a precipitous rise in basically racial equality. Things are perfectly racially equal for, for my generation, for the Zoomers. So we, we've had a precipitous rise in terms of inequality, little black babies at the hands of their parents, specifically their mothers, and a precipitous drop in racial inequality institutionally and popularly. There's, and it's, it's been a, a fall all the way to zero. There's just no allowable, detectable animus against black people in society anymore. So I had the problem with that. And I, it's hard to write, read opinion pieces on a podcast because you want to quibble with every little piece you quibble with, but, but her article's good. She said over the weekend, the president of Planned Parenthood, uh, Ms. Johnson, um, finally began to grapple with, or, or finally began to try to come to terms with the fact that Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood was an actual, an actual, not one of these mythic leftist 21st century white supremacist that, that CNN's always talking about, but a real white supremacist that said she was founding, in so many words, I'm giving you the paraphrase, that she, Margaret Sanger, was founding Planned Parenthood at the behest of extirpating undesirable, non-white, poor communities. 
And DeSanctis recounts in her article that over 80% of Planned Parenthoods, I thought it was well over 80%, but, but she says over 80% are discriminately, deliberately placed in certain urban communities in, in um, you know, black neighborhoods. It's, it's vile. It's the only form of, of anti-black racism that exists in the popular culture, under the nose of the popular culture, is Planned Parenthood. And for years, Planned Parenthood refused to admit this, that, that Margaret Sanger was a white supremacist, one, and really a eugenicist, an anti-black eugenicist, wanting to extirpate this portion of the population. There was, there was, there were all these, you know, Snopes like um, myth busting accounts of Margaret Sanger didn't really say that she did. She really did. They have a, a couple different accounts of her saying that. But, but you had Snopes types uh, myth busting leftist outfits out there saying, no, Margaret Sanger didn't say that. And then that was uh, two or three years ago. I'd go through this with my high school students when I taught them and they'd go and they'd always snope stuff as you, you go through and catalog the ills of the leftists. And they, they tried that three years back. That didn't really work. Enough people knew about Margaret Sanger's little gaffe, several gaffes where she admitted she wanted to destroy certain races that they, they had to start talking around it. And so you'd, you'd go to, MSNBC or CNN, and they would have talking heads that talked around it in, in two or three primary uh, ways. And now it sounds like they're, they're primed to at least begin considering, inaugurating, initiating, discussing maybe how it's wrong. If it's wrong, you know, for, for you know, a white person to watch a certain kind of show about mainly black people because it's commandeering their culture or whatever, whatever nonsense, whatever imagined fathomed act of deep, deep leftist lunacy that is, then it's certainly wrong for Mar Margaret Sanger to say that she wants to eliminate, to extirpate black people because they're black or, or any babies. But, but Margaret Sanger, in fact, did say this. So it's interesting that these articles popped up about the same time on the same morning, this morning on April the 19th. We have an open letter to Bishop Schneider imploring him to, to go further, go further. And I mean, culturally, this is what I would add to it. Culturally, go further and keep enjoining Catholics and conservatives to get more ideologically pure about criminalizing the murder of abortion and calling it anti-abortion. And at the same time, same morning, Alec, Alex DeSanctis at National Review writes this article on maybe, just maybe, Planned Parenthood will get sort of serious about addressing the issue that their founder did so at the behest of real racism not imagine fathom racism. It's wild stuff. I do remind you all in closing that this Vatican summit where Deepak Chopra, Anthony Fauci, Chelsea Clinton, 
what's his face? Perry from Aerosmith are, are invited. All the important people. All the, all the folks that matter. If you're like new age Luciferian or whatever, Katy Perry was invited to the last one. That they are not being invited out by accident. They are not being courted haplessly. Pope Francis, from the very outset of his pontificate, has made the central plan, not the Amazon Synod. The Amazon Synod is pursuant to this. Laudato Si, who was co-authored, ghost-authored, as far as I remember, or at least he was widely consulted, by Jeffrey Sachs, a George Soros operative. Pope Francis, from the same time, the summers of 2014 and 2015, was hanging out with Ban Ki-moon of the UN. Pope Francis also says on this Vatican website for the summit upcoming on wellness in two and a half weeks that they want to bring about, to instantiate, to impose a more realistic schema of Laudato Si. Which is, which is really, I think, his vision for his pontificate. This one world religion that they're pushing at, at this thing, and now the Vatican officials, many of them are complicit. Evidently, Pope Francis as well. Not, not the church, but, but corrupt churchmen. Well, boy, it, it's, it's a real, it's going to be a real doozy. And it's being funded largely by stem cell companies. You can go check it. Check it for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Go to the Vatican website for this forum that Chelsea Clinton will be occasioning. It's really, really disgusting stuff. Man. Man. Strange times. I've been talking about it. People on Twitter were talking about the uh, the documentary that yours truly will make an appearance in. And literally this story broke you know, less than a week later. People were like, were like laughing at it. They're like, there's no Vatican alliance with the new world order. Boom, two days later, like Chelsea Clinton. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, people were looking at the, the little preview of the documentary, I mean, where it goes from talking about transhumanism to certain aspects of the beer bug and technology and, and, all things uh, concerning the first five letters of the word transmission to then me talking about the Sankt Gallen mafia and the, the cadre of globalist uh, anti-Catholic cardinals that really delivered pontificate number 266, that of Francis. And they're like, what does this have to do with the other thing? Even in that two minute uh, teaser trailer, you go from high-tech kind of robot faces flying on a drone through a, a robotic-type city with red. I think it looks really cool. I think it's a sharp, a sharp teaser trailer. But you go from that to then you're talking about, you know, the Alta Vendita. And that, that's where my voice is uh, features as a voiceover. I'm talking about the Alta Vendita coming to a fruition in the Sankt Gallen Mafia, specifically through the effectuated, achieved goal of the Sankt Gallen Mafia. And that goal's name is Pope Francis. And that 
Pope's primary program has been to make friends with Jeffrey Sachs and Bon Ki-moon and Anthony Fauci and Chelsea Clinton and Katy Perry and invite them into the Vatican and to make sure all the faithful bishops out there like Schneider and Vigano, Lord knows Vigano, and all of the good Cardinal Burks of the world, Cardinal Brandmullers, feel this is not their home. They, they don't feel particularly safe or comfy anywhere near the Vatican, but all these uh, opponents, declared opponents, open opponents of Roman Catholicism do. So it, it vindicated a couple of the projects that I've had, I've been juggling behind the scenes at once, the fact that this summit is coming to pass. And again, like I said in my recent video with Steve Skojek about vindication, when I bet something bad's gonna happen, like priestly celibacy and female deacons, and now it looks like that's gonna happen again. I'm not celebrating, it's bad. But at some level, once you make a bet, you wanna be vindicated. And that's the case here with what we're saying about Francis's connection to the globalists and the globalist connection to stem cell research and the globalist obsession with furthering abortion. That's why we need to be really, really, really aggressive. It all goes together in a really staggering way. Okay, one solution to it is subsidiarity there from your home. Take classes, better yourself, buy food storage. Uh, you can get Augustin Farms food. I'm not, they don't even sponsor the show, but buy Augustin Farms food storage. Uh, you don't know what's gonna happen in a year or two. I would make some predictions, but buy Augustin Foods at your home and you can be prepared. And also do things like take, take classes, better yourself, better your mind. The beer bug has given us the opportunity to do such things as get extra degrees, or even if you don't get a degree, go to timothyjgordon.com and enroll in my classes. There are two new ones up on April the 15th. And starting in fall, we're unrolling a whole new homeschooling program for people. We are very homeschool friendly. Pull your kids out of the schools, homeschool, get closer with your family. You have more time to spend with them, buy food storage, purchase weapons, and take, take my live classes. My, my classes are offered by me. They're live on Thursday nights, at least these April 15th classes that we just began are. You'll have uh, an office hour with me that's also live on Tuesdays. Also later on Tuesdays, there's a fellowship hour called the brick wall hour where people can hang out. These, these brick heads, as they call themselves, are meeting up IRL sometime this summer and, and it, the group is growing. It's a way to do fellowship when people are feeling most abandoned, most forlorn. They're parish orphans and retrogrades. Most of their bishops and priests haven't stood up for their ability to go to church, worship God through the Eucharist. And many of them are feeling threatened at their jobs, turned away from familiar businesses. You can't go to the movies if you're in one of the blue states. Well, this is a way to do it. Go to timothyjgordon.com and click 